Welcome to the General Talks, a new podcast by the Kościuszko Institute, where we talk about cybersecurity, disinformation, and many more. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of the major podcast platforms. Just remember to subscribe General Talks. Hello, everyone. My name is Michał Krawczyk, and welcome to another episode of the General Talks podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the Kościuszko Institute latest analysis of the Polexit narrative uh, that we have conducted uh, in cooperation with Globsec. I will talk to my colleague and co-author of the analysis, Kamil Mikulski, who is a senior hybrid threats and disinformation analyst at the Kościuszko Institute. Hello, Kamil. Hello. It's it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to comment on our research piece. So finally, you'll be involved in our podcast. It's It's great to have you here. As I mentioned, we have conducted an analysis of the Polexit narratives. It was focused on uh, Polish online platforms. But before we will go into the details, many may ask a question, what is this Polexit all about? Poland was seen for a long time as uh, one of the champions of European integration, especially in the Central and Eastern Europe. And Polish society is heavily pro-European. So why this issue surfaced? You have partially uh, responded to the question, or you have given a, a little bigger context of it. This is actually quite weird when we think of it. Uh, when we uh, see statistics regarding how many people actually support membership of, of Poland in the EU and uh, European integration as such, we will see and we will discover that this number is one of the highest in Europe. And uh, yet there is a, a narrative of polexit uh, surfacing, as you as you said, in Poland. It is very uh, interesting to discover what actually is happening that it goes this way. Um, and uh, when we think of polexit in general, we need to think on its predecessor. I think on on Brexit, because this is one of a few political changes that that can undergo or a, a kind of plan that's that that can can be realized um a possible future scenario if you please and uh, when you think of polexit uh with a perspective on, on its predecessor so you can discover that there was always this discussion whether there is somewhere the russian hand or not uh, is the division or are the divisions inside the european union basically coming out of the Kremlin's playbook or not? And if yes, is there any connection between this polexit that was uh, Russian-conceived or the polexit narrative that is happening in Poland? So starting with that, I think that this is a very good start of discussion. Michal, if you could comment on polexits, do you think that there is a, a clear sign that the Polish polexit, so to say, is... Uh, Russian-inspired, or it's an absolutely independent phenomenon? Let me give a little side note before I go into into answering this question, because I would like to first underline the fact that we we've done this analysis to check a kind of a sentiment on the Polish versions of uh, online platforms like Facebook or Twitter or Vicop. So uh, this analysis is very narrow. So we just tried to find the posts and people that talk about Polexit, but we didn't necessarily dive uh, really deep into the legislative or political uh, context of this. So, so I would like to underline that first. But answering your question, 
from from the results that we we've got we really see that this polexit topic became very politicized and instrumentalized by polish politicians so we we see a big divide in the polish politics and the, in the polish uh, society also in, into two groups one is uh, for the ruling government the ruling coalition now and the other is uh, against it so we see that this polexit topic surfaced from from different conflicts between the the EU and the Polish government but in process in the Polish information space became instrumentalized and politicized by these two poli- groups of politicians so we checking the most popular posts in the on Facebook or Twitter for example we could see that 98% 96% of them are against the pro- pol exit but from two perspectives from the perspective of ruling coalition which says this uh, is nonsense we just have a conflict with the EU we want to resolve it but we don't want to leave the EU and from the perspective of the opposition who says well this is a clearly pol exit uh, move from the government and they want to leave the EU so coming back to your question i think it's it's more internal polish politics issue than any foreign threat nation threat actor or just a threat actor uh, involvement in that so no no i i don't see that i think i can largely agree with that especially when you uh, have uh, mentioned that overwhelming majority of what what you found were actually criticism against the idea of polexit but it has to be stressed nevertheless that uh, there were uh voices and voices coming from the top uh of the ruling coalition that were publicly speaking of this possibility or expressed that it might be desired if the conditions change or Poland will no longer benefit from uh its membership in the European Union or maybe when the, the prices of um energy will will skyrocket and Poland by what wants to uh, think again if if we would like to be a part of the EU energy policies and so on unfortunately those voices were very much heard and they were the 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 phenomenon that triggered the response of the opposition of course this is also very very convenient to jump on when you when when you see that there are voices like this but they they shouldn't be ignored we have to remember that first of all um first of all brexit also started with with uh, voices of politicians that that uh, started to doubt the idea of membership uh, or the profits of of such, such membership and for that this this reason this is important to to keep them on side and secondly we also need to think uh, of it that well if it already if it's already in our information space it is going to resonate more or less and uh on that it's important to to watch the situation and in, in what uh, direction does it develop yeah exactly and um, from what you're saying we can see that this uh, whole polexit issue and narrative is really nuanced so we have many different perspective and different layers and different actors but i think that's a really good time to go more deeply into our analysis and information space analysis that focused on three different platforms and uh, that was Polish language Facebook, Twitter and Polish platform Wikop and uh, as you done the Wikop analysis can you say more about it and 
maybe uh, describe the platform for uh, for people that don't really know it? Yes, absolutely. PickUpPL uh, is a is a platform that is that is working a little bit like like a read it, but there is a, a large difference. Uh, to uh, participate in a discussion uh, on read it, you're usually forced to to join one of the rooms or, or channels that exist there. Uh, in Vicop, it's it's very uh, round. You're by definition um, seeing everything that is happening on the platform. Unless you don't want to, then you can opt out. So it is constructed in two two ways. First of all, it has something that is called um, inventions or, or or things that that people have found across the the internet and they they just link it at. So you can see what is happening or read pieces of uh, published newspapers and so on. And second part is the part in which people are having their uh, so-called microblogs meaning something they they're commenting and interacting with one another so uh, this is this is the platform and a very brief introduction it uh, it is um, interesting from the, uh, this perspective that's unique to poland and it doesn't operate outside and uh, also that this is being considered maybe non-mainstream platform even though it is getting more and more widely used and uh, the so to say the, the presence the presence of uh, political parties and various sides of our political discourse is becoming increasingly visible on Bikov. For this reason, we would like to, we wanted to have a look at it, especially that it doesn't have an opinion on a very liberal media, so we could see what exactly is happening down there. What we have found is that, uh, well, the um, narrative of Polixit happened since, since a few years, but it, it has become more and more aggressively posted and uh, in the beginning, it was a, it, it was almost incidental. Now it is something that uh, shows up uh, everyone uh, once in a while, and uh, its presence is also increasing. There, many things are being criticized. For example, the energy things or things that are connected with liberal worldview, especially regarding various social issues that are also uh, a bit controversial uh, here in Poland. Um, that leads also to, 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 to spark in those public discussions and also to make people to, to publish on Bikov pieces from newspapers they, they agree with or not, or, or, or videos. So this is what we were, were watching. And uh, here I would like also to add a very short comment on the roots, because uh, you, you asked me on the roots what is causing actually this, this poll exit, and this is something I have missed. And I would like to, to say that I think that the cause, the, the, the big cause, is the conflict between Poland and various EU institutions, most notably the Commission, also the ECJ, uh, over rule of law that later on developed in a, a number of smaller issues, which of all of them are, are quite hot. And here, this um, context of rule of law has grown into a different problem, problem of priority and, and sovereignty, so to say. Who is able to impose rules? Uh, is it Polish government only and entirely, or is it Polish government and the EU, and the EU has, has a lot to say on different things and can, in certain situations, negate what the government is doing? And this is the, the, the axis of the conflict, I believe. And this is also what, what happened, that this polygamy started to be used as a, as a bat and uh, started to be used as something that 
has to be said from time to time in newspapers so people in Brussels will read it and will see that they well they cannot play too high otherwise Poland can can go into polyxit uh, or, or something like this I think this is what is exactly happening and this is a risky game but this 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 game can get out of hand uh, do you agree with with me and is it more language what you what you find on Twitter and on Facebook sorry yeah but let me first uh, ask one more question. So you said about this uh, institutional conflict as a source and a route for, for, for this polexit narrative and discussion in Poland. Coming back to Vykov, have you seen uh, these institutional conflicts mirrored in the narratives? Oh, I did. I did, sadly. Uh, so narratives that I mentioned, they take various forms. And this is kind of typical thing for this information that... We have you have like a meta narratives that there is some idea and this idea has become it becomes embodied in different narratives. For example, when you, we think of people who are in Brussels and are people in power, the, the bureaucrats, uh, they are being portrayed on the uh, on a in a few ways. For example, unelected bureaucrats are are uh, trying to rule our lives. This is one of the narratives that was. Uh, Shared. Secondly, Germany uh, or Berlin is ruling whole Europe through their proxies in, in Brussels. It's the second. And of course, you, we cannot uh, forget about things like NWO, meaning New World Order, those conspirational theorists that uh, uh, are spreading, spreading things like, like this. And um, also regarding all, all uh, sorts of Russian influence or even even accusing Brussels of uh, disseminating and propagating Russian influence against Poland. Uh, I think this is mostly one thing that is being present, that Poland somewhere there is a victim of somebody and it has to defend itself. So it brings us to this besieged stronghold uh, mindset. And this is what 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 I what I found among others. Did you find similar things on Twitter and on Facebook? Yes, yes. Uh, in the case of narratives, it was pretty much the same. But uh, I'll say more about our Facebook analysis because we've done the analysis using CrowdTangle, which is a Facebook analyzer that can give a big picture insights into events on the platform. And we did a search for Polexit posts. That means post that contains polexit hashtag or polexit keywords uh, from within the last four years. And one important side note that CrowdTangle doesn't follow all the posts by all of the Facebook users, but only of the Facebook pages, public groups and ver verified profiles. So, you know, this analysis is uh, more narrow that could be. So we obtained uh, this data. And it shows that the polexit narratives are becoming increasingly popular in last years. Uh, for example, in 2017, we found uh, 464 posts containing this uh, hashtag. But in 2019, it was already more, almost 7,000. And uh, 2020 brought another another uh, peak in the posts, in the number of the posts. So this was, of course, connected with uh, different stages of this institutional conflict that you said, because another stage of this conflict brought more interest uh, into the polexit narrative. So uh, having this uh, data set, we next analyzed the last two years' most popular polexit posts on Facebook. So we wanted to, to see what's the sentiment in those most popular posts that uh, are generating most interactions, so are 
most, uh, we could say, most influential. So uh, the first question was, uh, what's the sentiment of the post? Is it anti-polexit, pro-polexit, or neutral to polexit? And the results showed that 71% were anti-polexit, 27% neutral, and only 2% contained pro-polexit narratives. So the, this shows that the the, the real um, the, the real popularity of the of the this idea of polexit is really low. Anti-polexit narrative dominated the data set. So we we see that it's connected with what I said before. This topic was really instrumentalized by politicians, but no one of them was saying that we want to uh, leave the EU at least in this data set. So uh, the second question focused on who was behind the posts. Uh, we could see that 50% of posts contained content produced by opposition and civic platform. Uh, also, 11% of, uh, of the content came from the ruling coalition. And the, that was most of the times the posts that were saying that the whole poll exit idea is a fake news, that they don't want to uh, poll exit. So they were basically defending themselves and... Uh, blaming others on creating fake news. And uh, we could see that only 2% of these posts contained pro-polexit uh, narrative. This um, was done by representatives of far-right parties like uh, Confederation, Confederatia, and alternative news sources like Fringe Media, Niewygodne uh, or Vrealu. So uh, we see that this really wasn't that popular. Uh, similarly, on Twitter, we, we, we've done uh, the same uh, thing. So we analyzed a few thousand of most popular tweets that got 25 or more retweets. And we, we've seen the same thing. And uh, maybe I'll say some most popular narratives that were pro-polexit on Twitter. So we, of course, had the narrative saying that European Union is fully controlled by Germany and its interests, and we must live to in order to regain our sovereignty, we we had posts saying that the cost of staying in the EU outweighed the benefits, which mainly boiled down to uh, the passport-free travel. We uh, we've seen people saying that um, polexit would be caused by Brussels-based bureaucrats claiming competences and making decisions that are not their make. Uh, we've seen this institutional crisis also in the post. So uh, if it goes about narratives, it's pretty similar to what you've seen on, on Vicop. So basically, this is getting as complex as a political situation in Poland, right? And when you um, think of what is exactly happening around Polixit, you can get a little bit confused. So to, to make it as clear as possible, what we have found is that uh, polyxit, uh, speaking for polyxit, uh, to be more precise, was mostly disseminated by far-right groups. Uh, however, two major sites of conflict, uh, our internal uh, civil war, political civil war in Poland, between law and justice on one side and, and civic platform the other, and civic platform accused the ruling coalition of doing steps in direction of polyxit or wanting a polyxit, in fact, when the, the, the ruling government or the coalition, they were trying to defend themselves, saying, well, we are skeptical to, uh, and have some issues with certain uh, things with Brussels. We are having problems, but we are not 
pro-leaving uh, of the EU by Poland. So uh, both sides were using this narrative to um, to achieve some political goals and, and advance their, their, uh, their uh, policies. But what exactly happened as a, as a result is that politics started to, to burst and be more and more present in the Polish cyberspace. And uh, it has entered public discourse, which was not very happening before. And this is where, where I see the, the biggest risk that will just get out of hand. And um, I think there is one, one more thing that we should be, be discussing as well. We have mapped who more or less uh, has been speaking about Polixit, but who are those people? Um, about Vikop, I can say that Vikop is a platform of, of youngsters mostly. I think the majority of users will be below uh, 35 or below 30, um, although I do not have hard data to support it with. Uh, but how does it look? Uh, like it comes to Facebook and Twitter, who is on those platforms, uh, more or less, when you think of Polish society? And uh, who, in your opinion, has been mostly uh, disseminating uh, those narratives um, it comes to, to the type of a user? As I said, on, on Facebook, we, due to technical uh, things, we, we couldn't follow, we couldn't analyze the, like, real people organic posts but we we had to focus on public prof, verified profiles public groups uh, so so politicians journalists but that gave us insight into the posts that were most popular so we could see that uh, this ansible exit is really popular on the site but who was be- behind those um, propol exit posts where as i said mostly the right-wing parties' representatives or fringe right-wing or fringe media posts that are popular in uh, some circles, but not too much popular in, in the whole public. So I think, like I said, I think the, the, the issue here was that the exit uh, narrative got that much traction and was that popular because of this instrumentalization and because it became really uh, a tool to do politics internally in Poland. And the real posts saying that we should leave the EU or it's time to leave EU were not pop- that popular. So uh, I think that's the main came out from my analysis of Facebook is that the instrumentalization of this topic was the issue that stood behind the popularity of this of this uh, narrative. Yes, also also my take uh, out of our study was that I don't really see a Russian hand in it. Of course, I, I know that playing for uh, collapsing or implosion of the EU is, in fact, uh, mm, coming out of Kremlin agenda. But what I see about this particular case, I couldn't uh, see any clear evidence or any any suggestions that there there might be um, a, an increased foreign interference somewhere. However, I do not exclude it that it, it cannot have happened. Um, also, uh, I would like to say that well, sometimes it is that certain elements of uh, of foreign political goals can be realized in a sort of a parallel way and this is what we are witnessing in my opinion uh, for 
for a reason and for what um, circumstances have caused that this uh, uh, rising conflict between Poland and the EU has resulted in in dissemination of uh, polyxit as a threat and also polyxit that was later on used by other forces, not only the government, but also the opposition to uh, to master uh, master support for the opposition that will protect Polish people from polyxit and implication that it has to be the ruling coalition uh, on one side. And what here was uh, was the, the effect of, of this do- domestic uh, fights is in fact parallel to what what Russia might 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 want, and this is something that has to be very important to to notice that even though certain things can origin uh, from domestic perspectives or can can be local in a way, uh, they can also be against uh, the raison d'état uh, like like this uh, narrative because Poland should not, uh, in my opinion, strive even. To, to leave uh, the European Union. Sure, that's of course true. And of course, as you said, this uh, whole Polexit and EU-Poland conflict align with Russian goals into bringing more chaos into the European Union and uh, creating some kind of conflicts inside internally to weaken the EU. Of course, that's aligns with the goals. And I we didn't find any... Uh, anything that would be connected with some kind of Russian uh, activity in the social media. But this uh, topic, this issue can be easily picked up later and used for the for, for, for the uh, operations, information operations for the activity in Poland, um, even by uh, the Russian state-backed media like Sputnik. So we have to be aware of that. But uh, as you as you mentioned, at that moment, we we didn't find any evidence that would uh, back the uh, Russian interference into into this process. But uh, also, it's important to look on the possible future consequences of its pl- proliferation and of proliferation of this narrative. Because, as you said, Brexit started really in an innocent way, only talking about the EU and discussing, debating it, and then it ended up in ten years with Great Britain with the UK leaving the EU. So I think it's really important to remember that that maybe we are on the beginning of this journey and we have to bring more discussion that is based on facts. That's why that's why it's important to look on this problem through the lenses of disinformation also and disinformation operations. Oh, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, we have to remember that the support that we are witnessing and seeing from the statistics can dwindle at a time, especially on the situation or uh, is, will, will change, for example, with regards to the Poland becoming uh, a net net payer in the EU or Poland having too high um, too high costs of, of energy. Things can change and once it has entered the discourse, it's probably going to stay there and be invoked when, when the things uh, get difficult. And as you said, it, it can be used by, by third party actors uh, when it will suit their own agendas. And I think that we have covered the, the, the most important findings and, and the way of reasoning that we had when we wrote our pieces. I think this is um, a short contribution that, that can shed some 
some light on how we decided to, to push our project forward. Yes, Kamil, exactly. And thank you for joining me here to, to discuss this analysis and I hope for more in the future. Thank you so much.